Here we go. You're listening to Rumination Thursday, Law and Gospel on April the 2nd in the year of our Lord, 2020. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and with us with Rumination Thursday is Pastor Wes Reimnitz. Hi, Wes. Hi, Tom. How you doing? I'm doing really good. I was out quite a bit yesterday. I had to get a piece of wood for a trailer I have because we're moving some things. And I had to end up going to two Home Depots and a Lowe's because the, uh, well, the saws were broken at Home Depots. They couldn't cut the wood to the degree that I needed. And I was among quite a few people and only saw one person wearing a mask. Uh, do you see many in Springfield, Illinois, wearing masks? We see a few, but it's pretty much the same unless you're with healthcare professionals. Uh, you don't see them. I think there's there's a shortage. As uh, yeah, I've been in a right. few stores, as I've been in a few stores, you you can't get them. They're all sold out, even in in uh, hardware stores. Well, what we want to talk about from a law and gospel perspective is something that uh, you have brought up, that one would, you know, imagine that Luther wrote about a lot of things, but very few people know that he also wrote about having a disease and how we should respond to it, much like we have today. And would you explain what document that's in and basically what he said? Well, there's there's one that that uh, document that that talks about the plague itself and and how we should uh, go in and help people. But the the one that I kind of zeroed in on was out of the American edition of Luther's works, volume forty five the temporal authority and to what extent it should be obeyed. Uh, and in it, Luther lays the premise that that we have two kingdoms, kingdom of the temporal and the kingdom of, of, of Christ, uh, and the two, two go hand in hand. And there are times when the, the kingdom of the temporal, which is uh, our government and that have are put there by, by God's will that we, follow them and i i think it bears in, in keeping with what we're going through you know especially where it, it seems like they're ordering churches to shut down but they're not ordering churches to, to shut down for preaching of the word but for for our health factor yes in other words they're not saying that christianity cannot be practiced anymore even in worship, but they're really advising that certain churches take great precautions. And they're pretty serious about that because I understand that, was it a Florida pastor who's arrested for having had a worship service? Right. He, he, uh, it's down in the Tampa Bay area, one of the mega churches said he would never close his church. And and uh, the sheriff came in and and gave him two tickets on misdemeanors charges. Yes, I can uh, understand that. Our uh, my home church, St. Paul de Pere, uh Lutheran, of course, 
they have really followed some guidelines. They don't have worship services anymore where you can just go, but they do allow communion to be distributed, but only in groups of nine people. Mm. The law says you can't have more than 10. And so the pastor is the 10th one. And you sign up. You have to phone ahead of time. They give you a time. And you come in and then receive the Lord's Supper and a brief devotion. They do it on Saturdays, Sundays, and they're going to begin on Wednesdays because there wasn't enough space and time on Saturday and Sunday for the people who wanted that. Now, whether or not that'll be closed down, I'm not sure. But the question we want to deal with today does the Bible say that we can disobey the government? And if you look at Romans 13, particularly the first two verses are really important. It says, every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except by God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. And the, the word authority there that's used can also be translated as power. It's exousia. And what it means is the power of judicial decisions that they are to be made. So it's, it's kind of interesting that we have that situation. Um, those that have... Therefore, the laws, we're not supposed to disobey them. Now, verse 2, whoever resists the power, to resist means to oppose it, to do battle against it, resists what God has appointed. And I, I find the King James interesting. Those that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. Mm. Now, that's not the original Greek word. There's a word for damnation and there's a word for judgment. I see this same problem in the King James when they're talking to the Lord's Supper, is that he who takes the Lord's Supper inappropriately will receive damnation. No, it's judgment. And it means that you can remain a believer, but you may get sick and even die from inappropriately taking the Lord's Supper if you're not understanding what's going on. So judgment is there. Now, how can we say, is there any Bible verse that says we need not to obey the government? Well, there, there was that Acts passage that we covered last week, obey God rather than man. But uh, at, What you situation know, would that work? Well, that's where they're they're telling you to stop preaching and proclaiming the gospel itself, and uh, witnessing to the gospel. And uh, in that that area, uh, they they try and come up with with laws that that try and do that. And you find that in communist nations or dictatorships yes. where they try to shut down churches. And there, uh, I was in Nova Sibir, Siberia, for a few weeks teaching law and gospel to future seminarians. And they were telling me about that during that time, 
they would have closets that they set up as kind of a worship area. And they would worship in their closet because if they had been discovered, they could have been sent to a gulag and, and pastors were being put to death in those communist countries uh, because of worship. Now, I would say there that the church has the right to disobey the government. But what's your thinking in regard to the church isn't being told not to worship or believe in Jesus. It's being told not to have large crowds. Right. And I think that's uh, uh, keeping in with the will of God. Uh, and, and Luther would, would proclaim that too, would, would say that it makes that very point that you have your temple authority, which is our government, and then you have the kingdom of God, which uh, is ruled by Christ. You read in that uh, first chapter of uh, Ephesians at the end, it, it states there that Jesus is, is uh, head over all the church and all things fit underneath him. So, and you also read at the time of the Passion, as we're celebrating Lent, you know, going through the, that time where Jesus was before Pilate and said, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, his his people would be out to, to free him. But as it was, it wasn't of this world. His kingdom is ruled through the Holy Spirit. Yes, no doubt about that. The churches I'm serving... I am still sending sermons to them and Bible studies that I'm sending a video this week of something I've done, but uh, they've pretty well closed down through April, which means we're not going to have our Easter celebrations like we often do. Yes. And Luther makes that point that you have both in, in a sense, side by side, the kingdom of Christ and the kingdom of of, of, of our government, uh, and that uh, the, the rules and, and laws that we have in our government is is to keep peace and, and order, and actually serves uh, the, the the Christian in being able to carry forward the gospel message. Yes, the uh, temporal kingdom, as you said, is the government. And it has laws for which you can be punished individually if you break them. The spiritual kingdom, it's not looking for obedience as it is looking more for faith and faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus is the center of the spiritual kingdom. So if you keep reading in Romans 13, for example, it says... For God's minister, that's the government in this case, do not do evil, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain, for he's God's minister and avenger to execute wrath on him who practices evil. Now that's verse 4. And we need to understand that therefore the government is to stop evil from taking place. But that evil would not be worshiping Jesus, but it could become an evil if you do it in a large crowd. Now, now here, here's the point. I want to ask you this question. There are some people or some pastors 
who think that you can never get an illness from taking the common cup because it's the true blood of Christ. But I, I don't agree with that. And I had a doctor at the seminary who gave instances of people who did get illnesses uh, because of the common cup. But there are now those, and probably this Florida pastor who was elect, uh, or arrested said something along these lines, God doesn't want us to stop from worshiping and no one will get sick if you go to a worship service. What do you think of that kind of line of reasoning? Well, you know, that pastor's had a change of heart. He's not going to hold services. And you know what one of his reasons was? No. That that uh, uh, someone may come into his church that has the virus and give it to others. In, in other words, uh, an unbeliever, so to speak, with, with uh, motive to, to hurt the people. So I don't know if he if he's received threatening emails or things of that nature, but he there again, there is the government trying to protect the Christian from from some sort of evil that would come forward. So I don't again I don't see it as as keeping us from right. preaching the gospel because we, we've been doing it through the internet, some through TV, others through radio, and. Uh, if if nothing else, uh, I know people that are, that are listening to two, three different sites. And for instance, we're talking here on KFEO. We're talking about it today, and I'm sure other programs on KFEO are talking about it. Plus, they have devotional hours, and, and Sunday morning they have Lutheran hour. They have church services. They have Bible classes. So, right. So we're not stopping from getting the message out. Yeah, in fact, the uh, newsletter that you can get at uh, Emmanuel McComb was sent out to everyone reminding them of programs on KFUO that they could also listen to. So that that's a pretty good thing there. Yeah, in fact, you have a couple of congregations you know of also that are doing worship. Right, well, the, the church that I served up in St. Paul, Savannah, on W. Duck, they have uh, worship service on Sunday morning at uh, 9 a.m. And then over in uh, Lincoln, Illinois, the Zion Lutheran Church is, is, has, has their radio program. And any numerous congregations sponsor K, K, um, Lutheran Hour over uh, the radio state, local radio station. So the word is being broadcast. Our our district uh, sent out what they call the Gateway Post magazine, and it's got in there guidelines for, for Holy Week and devotional aspects that they can get if they uh, go to the district webpage. Yes, Holy Week's a, a big occasion. Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, some have even a Saturday Eve prior to Easter. And then, of course, Easter Day is a really a big time. And there's also something that happens both at Easter and Christmas. It's not at all unusual that one quarter, if not more, of the funds come in when people attend worship at Christmas and Easter uh, because there are people who are etc. Christians. Do you know what that means? 
etc. No. ETC. ETC. They come at Easter, Thanksgiving, and Christmas. I never had heard that before. Yeah, I don't know if I made that up or something, but I noticed that that um, we had a a time at our church where every person communed at least once during the year, and a lot of times those were some of the only times that some had communed. The etc. Christians, I called them, and uh, that's going to really be. Uh, not helpful to churches because now, again, my home church, St. Paul de Pere, in their emails, they sent out a form you could fill out, put down your bank account, and they would get the money that way. And it was just through a form through the email. Right. Yeah, they, you can do it that way, or the, the church gives its address, and you can mail in a check to right. to them as well. Yeah, so that's something that's going to be interesting to see. Churches still have expenses, you know, even when nobody's worshiping Sunday morning to keep on the heat and pay the salaries and this sort of thing. So we would hope that people would uh, do everything they can to make sure that the congregation receives the at least monthly amount that you normally give uh, to help them out there. Because yeah. we still are supporting missionaries uh, through that also. Our colleges, our seminaries, etc. all have needs. Because I, I don't know, although our seminaries are now doing distant learning through the computer, they still have to pay their professors. I don't know of uh, any of our schools that have let go professors because of this yet yeah uh i i haven't heard anything of that nature too but um i'm hearing that they're doing the same way thing in public education or parochial schools they're doing it through the internet and things of that nature and um i know in watching that there's the lesson plans that the teachers have to put forth and set up they have to tape sometimes videotape or audio tape the lesson and uh, where they can get a hold of materials. A lot of them sent home books with, uh, I know my grandkids case, they, they sent home books for them, their school books and they're given assignments and mom and dad take them through the assignments. So uh, they're still working. They're, they haven't stopped. It's just in a different form. Yes, we had a number of members at my congregation that don't have computers, but they do have phones. But I, I found it very interesting. You cannot buy a phone, say, with a tape recording attached to it, and when someone phones that number, they they hear maybe a 20-minute to half-hour sermon or devotion. Those are not available anywhere. Uh, wow. You can leave a greeting but you're only allowed up to one minute. Some allow up to three minutes. That's not much. So I was talking to my son, Luther, who's really good with computers, and he talked about that uh, Google has a program that his computer people, and they're all over the country, 
will get together. They phone a number at a certain time, and they're all on the phone at the same time, and it's free. So I'm mm. looking into that to see about the possibility. That's the way a Sunday school teacher could phone his or her students and go over the Sunday school lesson at a specific time, probably Sunday morning, or a pastor could even phone and set up a conversation where people can ask questions. Uh, you can do that regularly. Uh, what's that system called? Um, where they have meetings over the phone. I forget the name of it. Uh, teleconferences. Yeah, teleconferences, yes. And there are companies that do that. Now, that would cost you. Uh, we, I had a recent teleconference with a group I'm involved with. There were 12 of us on the phone. It was about an hour and 15 minutes. And the total cost came to about $22. So that mm -hmm. wasn't too bad. Um, but, but see, all these things that you're talking about is how we get the word out there, proclaim the word, carry the, that's right. the, the word forward. There, there is no law that's, that's being broken there, you know, or, or commanding us not to do that. It's, it's the public coming together and in, in a physical space and the possibility of the virus uh, passing on from one person to another. And that's a serious business, you know, and that's something that we as, as Christians would support our government on because many of our leaders, not all of them, but many of them are, are Christians and seeking uh, our, our welfare as well. Yeah, they're not opposing the mission activity of Christianity they're just suggesting let's not do it in ways where people can be subject uh, to getting this particular uh, virus. Right. And we need to yeah. be praying also that a vaccine is quickly uh, put together. It sounds like it'd be something like uh, the flu, although this is much more dangerous than the flu that we would have an annual vaccine that you would take along with the flu shot. Uh, I don't know if they can combine them together or not, because it appears that this is going to be seasonal and occurring on a somewhat annual basis. Basis, yeah. Well, and I think the thing to, to remind ourselves, and, and Luther brings this out time and time again in his article, that Christ's kingdom is not of this world. Yes. And and that uh, it's ruled by the Holy Spirit for us as Christians. We we welcome the temporal laws that that help us keep the peace and, and health and welfare yeah. of of our society, but uh, that it also serves for us to continue to take that good news of Jesus Christ. And we're doing it in new ways, in great ways, I think, through the internet, our radio, our TV, and things of that nature. And we may end up having a situation where some of these ways will continue even after people are inoculated and uh, were protected again, because this is a good way of uh, uh, communicating. I know I'm working in Macomb with the university there, and it's really hard to get students to come uh, to the church, uh, but 
it would not be hard to communicate with them. Of course, most of the students do have the internet. And so you can do that. And I've got some plans I've been working with and I've got a item I'm putting together where I'll be broadcasting from my basement and they'll be able to hear uh, the word of God. So we'll see what happens. And that's amazing because what is it, about 150 miles from your basement to, to, to the university that you're talking to? Well, actually, it's thousands of miles uh, for <laughs> a lot that are listening to KFUO. I've got listeners in Australia, in Asia, in Novosibirsk, etc. Oh, my. Well, we're looking forward yeah. to next Thursday. And we'll see what you come up with then. But again, your main point, trust in Jesus. On tomorrow, we'll be talking. God bless. Weekday morning at 930 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to law and gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.